Eternal Rock of Ages, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence once again. Lord, we pray that as your word goes forth, that you open our ears to hear, and Lord, help our hearts to receive strength and grace to do. We pray that we will not just hear instructions, we will not just hear words, but your word, like the fire that breaks the rock, will come straight at our hearts, empowering us and giving us the grace and enablement to do what it says. Lord, I hide behind the cross that Jesus might be seen. I pray for utterance and simplicity and clarity that your word will be communicated clearly to your people, that you receive all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Can we sit down? I want to um, express my profound gratitude first to the leadership of the church, our venerable, our daddy in the Lord. He has been more than a mentor to most of us here for the opportunity to be here. And I thank us all for how um, we've all I am provided some form of opportunity and avenue for us to grow together and get to really express and receive and give the love of God and grow. I pray that as we listen in the few minutes that I will be sharing, that the Lord will grant us understanding and help us in Jesus' name. Now, um, I believe by now to most of us who are here, especially those who have been following the activities and events in this chapel in the past um, 11 months, I believe by now it's very clear to us without any iota of doubt that God's seen what lies ahead. You know, last year, he's really saw what lies ahead of us this year and saw why it was important to give us the theme he gave us this year to revive us. Many things have happened. Many hearts are failing. Fear grips us at some point in the year. In fact, if people are asked to define this year, <laughs> even shouldn't, I believe <laughs> people will remember COVID, if not for any other thing. You know, came with the death waves, the terrible news in the media. But we cried to God. God showed us mercy. And he even sent his word ahead of us. And he delivered us. And as if that wasn't enough in Nigeria, we started facing our own local challenges immediately afterwards. But when in the midst of all these things, one thing was in my heart. God did not promise us that the world would get better. These are the signs to expect. We are not here, so to say, to, to put the world in order. It's actually a sign for us to look up that our redemption draws near is a sign for us to pay attention when we see all this turmoil, all this it's like the, the earth itself is, is groaning throwing up things judgment here and there and as I was preparing this hymn came to my mind and I will just read a stanza of it will your anchor hold will your anchor hold in the storms of life when the clouds unfold their wings of strife when the strong ties lift the cables string with your anchor drift of friends 
that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll fast into the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love that's our assurance that's our anchor <laughs> will God promise us that the next year will be better I can't even assure that but one thing is sure he will always be with us when darkness lifts over the world, for us, he said there will be a dawning of light. And that is the time for our light to shine even the brightest. But your anchor has to be somewhere. Your anchor has to be firmly rooted or else. Or else, I don't want to say it, but I'm afraid you may be swept away with what is happening in the world. But that will not be our portion in Jesus' name. So in doing all this, through the ministry of the world through fasting and prayer sessions, most importantly, through opportunities to participate in the sharing of the word of God and to, to recommit to the commission, great commission that God has given us. This church has provided a platform through this year for this vision of God not to be in vain in our lives. And I believe most of us here will attest that this vision has not been in vain. In the teen church, God has really helped us through the year at least strengthening our grip on evangelism and getting us to go out because that is the heartbeat of God. And as all these things happen, there's only one thing he wants to see. He wants to see us bringing the sheaves, see us bringing people, hear us talk. And I like the way our brother, Professor Marire, shared during the last midweek. Angels have gone out before us already. And when you speak the word, don't neglect the word it will still come to that. But don't neglect any word. Trust God. Believe. Speak the word. He knows how to handle it. We are not called to save. We are called to preach and to teach and to make disciples. His own duty is to save. So that for those that have been afraid to go out or to speak, or we feel free to talk about any other thing apart from Christ, please be encouraged to speak. Praise the Lord. So, um, having said that, I know that God is not yet true with us. I sense that we are yet to experience the fullness of what he has in mind when he set out to revive us this year and to cause a revival to break out all around us. In the course of the year, we have looked at different areas of this topic, you know, different dimensions. But when I was given this topic, um, it dawned on me that there is a dimension God wants to bring it down to. We had looked at the history, the, the, the big revivals and all that. But I sense in my spirit that God wants to bring it home to us. He wants to bring home and drive this in the home. He wants to help us to personalize it. Not big anymore. Hence the call for us to be the point men or point women. If I will add that one for revival. Praise the Lord. So in considering this in the next few minutes, um, we, I will use the approach of questions. We'll be considering about six questions, and by the time we are done with that, it will have, will have done some justice to the topic. So first of all, we want to understand who a point man is. Then why is God looking for a man? Then what is the nature of this search? And that will be the anchor of my message today. 
what is the nature of this search that God is searching? Then why is it difficult to find a man? One. Why is it usually difficult? Then who is the man that God is looking for? How do we start to answer this call? So at this time, let's go back to our text and have a look at it. Ezekiel 22, we'll read from 24. 24 to 31. Son of man, say to the land, you are a land that has not been cleansed or rained on in the day of wrath. There is a conspiracy of her princes, some will say prophets or officials, within her, like a roaring lion tearing his prey. They devour the people. Take treasures and precious things and make many widows within her. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. And they shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbath, so that I am profaned among them. Her officials, or her princes, or the government, within her are like wolves tearing their play. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Then to the prophets, her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by their false visions and lying divinations. They say this is what the sovereign Lord says when the Lord has not spoken. The people, the people themselves now, of the land practice extortion and commit robbery and they oppress the poor and the needy and mistreat the foreigner denying them justice. Then the call, I looked for someone among them. Some translations say that I looked for someone from within them or from among them who would build up the world and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. But I found none. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their heads all they have done, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, who is a point man? I will come to this um, reading. A point man is someone who is at the forefront of an activity or an endeavor or a movement. To be a point man actually means to assume a leading or important role in whatever is being talked about. So when we relate it to revival, a point man for revival can be said to be someone who assumes a leading role or important role in a revival movement. It entails taking personal responsibility. Taking personal responsibility for revival within our space. Assuming an active role and becoming a player and not just a spectator. It entails changing from the posture of just waiting and hoping that revival occurs to one of laboring to birth the anticipated revival. So why the search for a man? From this test, we saw that the land of Judah was defiled. You know, in so much chaos, there was was trouble, you know, and there was imminent judgment. And 
the word went forth through prophet Ezekiel. Why should the word go forth? Considering the four specific categories of people which really covers the whole community or the whole society, they were all involved in this. And God was not happy. But yet, as we know his characteristic nature, his love, he doesn't rush to destroy. He always wants to give an opportunity to redeem. He sent his word. And when I, I read, I got marveled that he said, I searched for a man, not 20, not 50, not 100. A man from among them who will stand in the gap and intercede for the land and mend the walls. Now, the four important categories of people that were mentioned in verse, if you look at verse 26, you will see the priests. What do they do? They do violence to my law. They profane the holy thing. They teach there is no difference between unclean and the clean and shut their eyes to the keeping of the Sabbath. Then verse 27, the official, the princes, who represent the, the government, you know. So we've seen the priests who are supposed to be the custodians of the law, speaking the truth and telling the people. They were already failing in their own. Then you look at the prophet, you look at the, the princes, they are like wolves, tearing the same people they are meant to protect and provide for. They shed blood to make unjust gain. Then what of the prophets who are supposed to declare the mind of God, or at least warn the people? Their prophet now whitewashed this whole thing, all this evil going on, by declaring false visions that are not from God, saying there is peace, when really there is no peace. And the people themselves practice the extortion. Of course, the leadership has already gone bad. The, the priests, the prophets, in error... So you don't expect difference from what the people. So the people, they practice extortion, commit robbery, oppress, and do all that. Let's bring it home. Is the picture of what we saw very different from what is happening in our country? Cast your mind to what is happening. It's not. It's the same thing. This thing affects everyone. Corruption. So the land is in corruption. The land is in trouble. So there is trouble hanging over the land. There is judgment. And as God will always do, judgment at different levels for the communities, for the countries, for the world. Because we know that we are approaching the end of all things. And God says, the next thing which is the heart of this message, instead of rushing to destroy, he is searching for a man, for someone who will stand in the gap. Now, God searched for a man, one, we'll come to that, from among them, not from somewhere else. He said, I sought for a man from within them, from among them, from the inside, who can stand in the gap, who can intercede, who can represent these people before me so that I do not destroy. It takes one man answering this call for each group to distract or to remove the judgment of God, or at least to attract his mercy over the people. And briefly, we'll look at few people that answered this call of God and tried to stand in the gap and, you know, were able to intercede for the land. Um, if you look at Psalm 106, verse 19 to 23, if someone can quickly get that, you know, it, was, it talked about how Moses, when Moses went up to get the commandments and um, 
The people sweated, sweated, and they couldn't see him. They strayed in their heart, and a golden calf was made. And God had to send Moses down to see what was happening. And he was angry, and he wanted to destroy. Is anybody there? Psalm 106, yes. verse 19. It's 23, yes. The people made a calf at Mount Sinai. They bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God for a statue of grass-eating bull. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt, such wonderful things in the land of Ham, such awesome deeds at the Red Sea. 23. So he declared he would destroy them. But Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people. But Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people. He begged him to turn from his anger and not destroy them. Praise the Lord. Now, can we also look at um, Genesis 22, verse 33. I will summarize that one. That's when Abraham, God visited Abraham, and while living, said, can I keep this thing that I'm about to do, hidden from my friend Abraham? He told him about the judgment that was coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham did the same thing. He didn't say, oh, it was my own, Sodom and Gomorrah. He interceded. He had to plead and plead and brought the number, the critical level that was required for the punishment not to come. From 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. And God said, if I find 10 there, I will not destroy because of the righteous people I found. He stood in the gap. Then we look at um, Amos did the same when the judgment was prophesied over the land. And that is the one I want us to look at. I will read it quickly because in recent times, many judgment that has been prophesied over the land, both on the good side and on the bad side. I remember when Ebola was coming, then they said it would so deal with Nigeria. <laughs> this one, we are, our health system, very weak. This, we are disorganized and all that. And it was a shocker to them how it was handled. Then when Corona came, they said Africa is doomed. And Nigeria, of course, one of them. And again, they said the mortality will be terrible here. And not up to the middle of the outbreak, they, had, they were forced to leak, leak, um, 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 leak what their words or swallow up their words again. Now, don't think those, pro those projections are wrong. These projections came from solid, grounded, epidemiologists, model experts, those that predict models. And they don't just stalk. They, get, they have evidence and have formula for the thing they say. And they say many things they happen. But those ones don't, didn't happen. Because men prayed. Men interceded. We cried out to God. And God helped us. You know? But post-COVID, the one that was predicted again, this violence that erupted was predicted very well. In fact, the same group that predicted the Ebola one, the, the COVID mortality in Nigeria, predicted that one too, that people will erupt against their leaders and all that. And destructions, and it happened. Why? <laughs> because the devil got us there. What the opera coincided with what we want, had in our hearts. We felt oppressed, we get, felt angry, and we, we, we didn't really pray. We gave in. We wanted it. We wanted freedom. We want, so the church kept quiet. And the judgment came. Let's look at Amos. This is what the, Amos 7 from verse 1. This is what the sovereign Lord showed me. He was preparing swarms of locusts after the king's share had been harvested. And just 
as the late crops were coming up. When they stripped the land clean, I cried out, Sovereign Lord, forgive. How can Jacob survive? He is so small. So the Lord relented. This will not happen, the Lord said. This is what the Sovereign Lord showed me. The second one, the Sovereign Lord was calling for judgment by fire. He dried up the great deep and devoured the land. When I cried out, the Sovereign Lord, I beg you, stop. How can Jacob survive? He is so small. So the Lord relented again. This will not happen either, the Sovereign Lord said. So two times he interceded and cried when the Lord had shown him what he was set to do. And the Lord relented and changed his mind. So this is the expectation from us. That when we see evil judgment over the land, when we see things, the Lord wants somebody. It can be over a family, it can be over institutions, whatever. But he wants us to stand in the gap. He, he wants to be that man. Praise the Lord. Now, more importantly, we have seen that God wants one man to stand in the gap. Then number two, which is, if you don't get any other thing from this message, get this one. That the nature of this search was local, from among them. And I dare to say that even now, his search is still local. He looks for a man among each group, each family. Whether it is the nuclear family or the extended, in your own family, in your nuclear family, in your extended, God is looking for that man he can trust with this call for reconciliation of men to represent God there, to stand in the gap, to pray for the unsaved, to, to stand in the gap to prevent God's judgment from falling on the unsaved there. Praise the Lord. In each workplace, in each network, in each omonna, in each government. Break it down to whatever level of circle of influence God has placed you in. Business circle, trade. He's looking for that light there. He's looking for that point man for his revival. And it starts with prayers. It starts with having a burden for that group. It starts with knowing that God is trusting me. He wants me to take personal responsibility for the unsaved in this group. And this same word was confirmed on Wednesday. You know, when our brother, Professor Maire, was teaching, I said, thank you, Lord. This confirms it, too. When he was explaining after he has read Psalm 2, verse 8, he used these exact words. He said, every believer must possess the unbeliever around you, wherever you are. Every believer must possess the unbeliever around you, wherever you are, for God. That is the summary of everything we are saying. That is being a point man in your circle. Being a point man wherever you are. Standing for God to represent him there. Praise the Lord. So, God looks for a man from among each of these groups that I mentioned to represent him, to shine the light, to take up the ministry of reconciliation, to take the personal responsibility for the salvation of men and women in that group, to pray and to stand in the gap for the unsaved. So why is it difficult to always find a man, since it's only one man that he's looking for? Why is it usually difficult? I brought out two major categories of points. Number one, we are always too, too busy with a lot of things. Busy securing financial security. Busy building careers. Busy building houses, ministry, networks, doing politics. 
doing all these things and we get shook by the cares and the worries of this life. Now, I call this that um, devil plays his 419 on us. And you will see where I got that 419. <laughs> he keeps us occupied with the legitimate cares of life. If you turn to Mark 4 verse 19, Mark 419, okay? Mark 4 verse 19. <laughs> Jesus, teaching on the parable of the sower, said concerning the seed that was sown among the thorns. I'll read it in the Good News translation. But the worries about this life, some translations call it the legitimate cares of life. They are not high-polluting things. They are the legitimate needs, really. But he fills us with the concern, the worry, the care concerning them. The love for riches. Some say the deceitfulness of riches. But there's one that I love most that said the seductive attraction of riches. It's not just about having money, but... It attracts, it seduces, get more, get more, get more, I get one million, get two, get three. You get caught up in the web and you're chasing. These things get us so filled up and busy that we hardly hear or we hardly remember the call that has been placed over our lives. So, that is the deception of the devil or the deceitfulness of red or where he plays us 419. But there's an antidote that Christ has mentioned for us. To, if we can sow it in our hearts, it will help us. Matthew 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, 33. I'll read it from the contemporary English version because I think it really brings out the point. But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. Then other things will be yours as well. More than anything else, Put God's work first and what he wants you to do and other things will be what? Ours as well. So these things that get that we place the cart before the horse and we chase it, chase it. And God said, put my work first. Find out what I want you to do in every situation and I'll give you these things. Praise the Lord. Now the good news translation said, instead, be concerned above everything else with the kingdom of God. And with what he requires of you. Above everything else, be concerned with the kingdom of God and what he requires from you. And he will provide you with all these other things. Praise the Lord. Now, another reason why it's difficult to find a mind is that sometimes we stand aloof. We believe that some people, other people are more qualified to answer this God. Reviver, reviver, reviver. Hmm? The priests are there. Those that know the word. That ginger brother or sister there. My God, use him my bag. Make I just the fool. You know, so we, we either um, count ourselves unqualified because of one thing or the other, or we disqualify ourselves entirely from the call. We are young. I'm in secondary school. Don't worry. When I finish university, I will focus on this and I will have more time. But believe you me, every stage of life comes with its own busyness and demand. So if you don't decide at the point where you are to seek this kingdom, to make it priority, you never have the time. Praise the Lord. So, like Gideon, we may feel unqualified or even disqualify ourselves from the call. But the good news is that God does not really seek self-qualified men for the job. 
He's the one that qualifies people for the work. Make yourself available with an upright heart, and he will qualify you. He will help you to make, it, you know, make an impact wherever you are. Praise the Lord. So the fifth point, who is he looking for? He's looking for a man who is yielded to him, made available. He's looking for a man of faith. And I explained that as somebody who has little confidence in himself, but great confidence in God. Because he's the one that makes us to will and to do according to his divine will and purpose. Once you trust him and you say those words, sometimes those words haunt people. The person may, I, 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 I don't have time for testimonies. I have talked about my experience in the Ogui police station when I was, and they picked us from school during a break and kept us there. I think I have shared it here before. And God said, preach to these people when they were threatening that they, the code that they will baptize us this night. In fact, <laughs> that we shouldn't give them money when we are at the counter. Make sure you bring that money here when you are coming. If you're coming here without money, we'll still deal with you. You know? But of course, they usually will take everything you have. We, we got in with just uh, our boxers. <sighs> On stepping in, of course, the stench there, the darkness, it was terrible. And as I was there at the gate, some were standing up, some were sitting down. And as I was stepping in, the, one, the first thing I heard in my heart, when there was breathing, you know, the Bible said that Paul was breathing murderous threats. They were breathing their threats with their code seated and the other people around. What I heard in my spirit is preach to them. <laughs> the what? Of course, I ignored, I ignored the, that thing. I thought it was a joke. It persisted in my spirit. Preach to them. Yeah. First of all, I was annoyed that we were illegally picked from UNEC, medical student reading, preparing for exam. And later I got to know that some people boggled into one of the hostels and the, the, some of the security personnel called the police to come and help. When they came, the people had dropped whatever they picked and ran away. And um, they didn't want to, they wanted to recover money for their fuel, apparently. So they went round, the, the security thought they had gone, but they went to another part of the school. I was coming out with my elder brother that came to visit me from the refectory. And they just picked us, two of us, picked my classmates, three of us, picked two other people. I told us to go, let's go, we should follow them. <laughs> See? And they were on Mufti. So, my mother, they are assassins, who are these people in school? So, summary, they took us by force, we are going to security. Finally, they didn't take us to security, they took us outside the gate to school, along the road, asked us, do you have a how much do you have there? Can you raise 5,000 there? We didn't have money, we were just coming from the ref. We got to the station. Can you go and send one of you to raise money? <laughs> I didn't have enough money in school then. The person we that had money, we didn't trust him. We felt he would disappear and then put us in more trouble. So as we arguing, they say these guys are not serious. Take them inside. They took us inside the cell. So as that impression came, preached to these guys. Yeah, I was afraid. But as he persisted, I stood. And you know, God provides this too. I say, he is the one that does the work. He has gone ahead of me. Okay? I looked. I saw one um, Gideon Bible on the floor there in the cell. And I asked them, please, who has this Bible? Can I make use of it? Nah, nah. I was slim and small when I was in school. So <laughs> I asked, who is this one? Oh, you go to in the first place. Don't worry, because they say they will baptize us that night. 
So we should be waiting for our baptism in the night. And you know what they are, you wouldn't want to know what their baptism means. Okay? Hanisha, I'm watching Katie. I asked them, please, can I use it? One nodded. So I picked it. Opened somewhere, shared the word of God with them. As I was talking, some appeared not to be interested. The code of God, the list, was not interested. Were just looking away. But I mustered courage and kept saying what I was saying. Then after speaking, I prayed. And uh, when I made the other altar call, I was shocked. Many of them raised their hand that they want to give their life to Christ. Oh, actually okay. So when, we, when I was done, my name changed to Pastor. <laughs> pastor, okay. Then I got a carton because we were meant to stand up, being that we entered the cell newly. Okay? Then I got what they honored as they shared there, the carton, and gave me to sit down. So they, they gave me a good place where I would sit, I sat, and became the Joseph there. Question, they will come with their problems, their issues, and all that. Now, in the night, when I was about to sleep, their Kodo came to me and asked me, please, can I allow him to smoke, that he wants to smoke this night, this once? Hey, you see, did I bring you here? <laughs> Who am I, your father, or what? In my mind, who am I to give you the permission whether to smoke or not? But God has started doing something in his life. He was never interested, or rather, I thought he was not interested when I was preaching. I told him, yes, you can go on. Go ahead, smoke. He said, okay. He thanked me. So he went to the back, smoked. In the night when I was sleeping, he woke me up that he wanted to tell me something. So I listened to him. He told his story of his life that he was a Christian in school. He backslid and got into a lot of things. And the things he did brought him there. Whether he wants to give his life to Christ again, that I should pray for him. I prayed with him. I led him to Christ. And something happened there. This thing that is always said that it is when you go out to the field that signs and wonders happen. When I was praying, I don't know, God just put this prophetic word in my mouth when I was praying for them that all of them here will be released in two weeks. That before two weeks that they will all have gone. Apart from the different family issues they brought that I was praying for them for and all that. Okay? By Monday, I were, we were picked up and kept there on Friday. By Monday... We were let go when they came and bailed us after some things happened. I won't go into that. But about a year later or a year or two, I'm not sure again, I was in Kennedyke Hostel. I was coming out. My hostel was in Bonneville. I went to Kennedyke. I was, as I was coming out, somebody rushed and greeted me. I didn't recognize him anymore. He called me. Don't I know him anymore? I now looked and I remember it was that code I saw in the cell. He came to preach in Unique with his tracts and all that. That was the day I forgave the police. <laughs> you know, all the while I was angry for that thing they did because they really picked us unjustly. I, I was threatening to, call, to take them to court and all that. But my brother told me, leave it, leave it. So, but sincerely, the wound healed that day. So I was glad. And then I, in retrospect, I saw the reason why God had to pick us and take us there. It was unjust, as it will appear. It was a lot of stress for medical students and all that. Three days we stayed there, but God had work for me to do there. And I was afraid initially I could have kept quiet. Nobody, no other person knew he was talking to my heart. So I could have suppressed it. And we would have lost the miracle God was about to do. Why did I share this even though it was long? Don't be afraid. He always goes ahead of his people. 
Don't ignore his prompting. They are loaded with power. But he doesn't show you two until you do one. You know, you will see only the one. And it will look small. But when you step in boldly, you know, by faith, even though you are afraid. Now, the faith does not mean you won't be afraid. I was afraid. I didn't know how they, they would beat us that night, you know. But I didn't know that the salvation I seek, I mean, not being beaten, <laughs> lied in preaching to them. So when I did that, we were not beaten again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> of course, they left us. And uh, we became celebrities there. So God is seeking for a man who does not seek self-glory. For he cannot share his glory with any man. A man of the world. Because that's how we get to know his mind. And understand his purpose for the hour. He needs a man of prayer and intercession. Who is willing to stand in the gap. A man of character filled with the spirit. Why? Because that ensures that you represent him well. And that you don't become a caster. Where after doing all the signs and wonders. And raise the dead and heal the sick. And he will tell you away. I don't know you. You workers of iniquity. Let you will, we will read, please, take down and go through this at home. Second Peter uh, 1, from 5 to 8, where it was talking about the things we should add. Because of time, um, I won't read that. But you see the character he wants us to add to our faith. That when we add this thing, it will keep us from being unfruitful. It will keep us, you know, from being, from having the word shook so that we will not bear fruit. And it's... It, it gives us a grand entrance into the kingdom of God. Now, the last part of this message, how do we start answering this call? It starts with a personal decision. God cannot force his will or purpose on us. You have to make up your mind. I want to take personal responsibility for this revival in my space. I want to start doing something. I want to. So you have to make that decision. Then you pray. Prayer is important because you can pray about that decision you have made. In prayer, you can ask God for a compassionate heart, for a burden for the lost souls, because sometimes that's really where the issue is. When we see men like trees, when we are with them, we can discuss football, we can discuss the sports, we can discuss every other thing apart from Christ or their soul, because we are afraid what that will do to relationship. But I tell you, the real thing is there. And you, even if you lose any because of you shared the word, God will give you a hundredfold. That's what he promised us. So let's not be afraid to share with our family or our friends and all that. Because I realize for some of us, those in our closest space are those that we feel more difficult to, to share with. I don't know if it's because of our lifestyle and all that. You can pray. And thank God I mentioned this because one thing, God, a strong word that came, I should make sure I speak here because I feel stronger than maybe what is keeping some people. Some mistakes you made in the past where you blew your tops, you, you made a mistake, you felt you've not represented him well, and somehow you've not forgiven yourself. And it has stopped you from speaking in some spaces because you, had, you felt you are the last that you speak there. God said he has forgiven you. You ask for forgiveness. He has forgiven you. Forgive yourself. Speak. Move ahead. That's where you find real healing and purpose. So stop being afraid. And when you step out in obedience to this, you will see his glory manifested through you in Jesus' name. So now, um, so in, still on prayer, it's important too we pray in the spirit because that's how we... Bible says that he that prays in other tongues charges himself up like a battery. It emboldens you, it grants you to courage for those that fear is the reason why they don't share. It grants you that boldness and makes you more sensitive too. 
to even hear, know that God is dropping something in your heart for you to, to say or to do. Then it's important you spend more time, have a structured, regular, guided Bible study. Why? Because you, it helps you to be able to speak in season and out of season. At least you have one or two. But what I say targeted Bible study too because, you know, when I see the Jehovah's Witness people, I don't aim them anywhere, but there's something they do I like. They go with their younger ones, and that's one thing we have tried to do in the teen church. Our church on the streets, we go out together so that they learn from the adults too. And then you allow them to speak. But apart from that, we did something. We took time to dissect the content of the message. What should we say when we go out? And then we armed them with some scriptures. We made it the first five and another five. They can memorize as a beginning. Of course, as you grow, you learn more. But if not for anything, memorize, we memorize things in school. I brought that Akram or things. You, so this is school too, <laughs> the school of the spirit, school of the world. You must deliberately memorize those ones I gave them. I also wrote it out, pasted on my wall, so that my children will learn them too. So that way you teach them, they start growing. When you preach, they come out, they hear. So okay, if our lifestyle, okay? I wrote out, I'll just call a few of them, Romans 6.23, Romans 3.23. They are, they are Christians that are usually good to give you inroad to talk about. Once you read them to the unsaved, or you, you can start your discussion from there. Romans 6.23, Romans 3.23, the one we know very well, John 3.16, I believe all of us here should know it. Isaiah 55.7, 2 Timothy 2, verse 19. Then the next thing, 2 Timothy 2.19, obey his promptings within you, reach out, show love. If he prompts you to pray for someone, please do. Please do. There's a reason why he's doing that. This way we cooperate with the Spirit of God and He is the Lord of the harvest. So we have to cooperate with Him. There's always time and season that He's working somewhere. Then start going out. Start reconciling men to God in your little space. Do I have time to read this? Please, I'll read one thing. Second Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. We're almost at the end of this. Second Corinthians 5, 14. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. If you get it before me, you can read it. Okay. Um, Chapter 5. Yes, 14. 14 and 15. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Okay. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Will no longer live for themselves. That's what he actually desires from us. That we no longer live for ourselves. Continue. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Read 17 and 20 again. 17 to 20. 17 to 20. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has mm-hmm. become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. Okay. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Okay, yeah, let's stop there. Don't worry, I'll finish up the rest. He said he has given us this ministry of reconciliation. So don't be in doubt that you have a ministry. We all do as Christians. Once you're saved, you have a ministry to reconcile men to God. Praise the Lord. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
and he has committed to us this message or this ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. Therefore, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is our task. This is what Christ wants us to do. In Matthew 28, 18-20, the Great Commission call, it was repeated again. So, finally, there's a call on us to, when we have gone out and we have made converts, let's not stop there. He said we should make disciples. Praise the Lord. Disciples. So, let's ensure that these new converts are guided to the places they can be taught the word of God and mentored to grow. We can see this happen in Acts 41 to 42, where those that believed continued in four things. They continued in fellowship, in the word, in prayer, with the breaking of the bread, and that deepened their faith. So in conclusion, the call we have received is local. God is looking for a mouthpiece in your circle, in your family, in among your friends, in your business circle. He's looking for representatives in that your little corner. Will you commit to the ministry of reconciliation? Will you be his point man in your circle of influence? Let's begin to pray and ask the Lord to help us even as we heed to this call. Lord, send down revival. Lord, send down revival. Lord, send a revival and let it start with me. Can you turn that to your prayer and ask the Lord to send the call, the, the enablement to hit this call for revival in your heart? And as we have said, let it start with me. Can you ask the Lord to quicken you from today to open your mouth to speak? To open your heart to him. To spend time with him so that you know exactly what he wants you to do. And the grace to obey the call when the promptings come within you. As we are making this prayer, I will call on our venerable to round off this in prayer. Lord, send a river. Lord, Send us revival, Lord. Send us revival, and let it start with me, O oh Lord God. Lord, send us revival, our Father, Lord. Send us revival, Lord, send us revival, and let it start with me. Pray that prayer, pray that song, pray it, it's a desire. God is on the search, he's on the search for a man. He's on the search for a woman. He's not on the search for a prince. He's not on the search for a princess. He's not on the search for a priest. He's not on the search for a priestess. He's not on the search for even the rulers. 
He's not on the search for a prophet. Just you, a man, perhaps without a name, without a title, just you as you are. Why will you not be the point man? Where will God be looking and find none? When you are there, can you tell God, this is me, I'm available. Father, throughout this year, or perhaps since I gave my life to Christ, I do not have a confidence that any soul has been added for joy in heaven. I do not remember that. Is that not enough for you to say, God, I'm available? The year is coming to an end. The time that people run, hustle, and bustle. The time that people get over busy. The time that they get surfeited with the cares and riches of this life. And you have the world. And you have a change. Can you not tell God at this time, give me a soul. Give heaven a cause to rejoice on my behalf. Lord, I want to be that man. Look at where you are. Look at where you walk. Look at where you trade. Look at where you do business. Look at the people around you. Look at you. Look at how bad the situation is. Look at the challenges. Look at how the people connive. Are you not there for a purpose? You are the point man. You are the point woman. Look at you as a student. Where has your impact been made? This is the time to say the Lord I'm available. I don't have a title. But you know me. And you've been on the search. Find me today. I'm available. Find me now. I'm available. Use me now. Are you old? Are you retired? Oh, you have influence. You can pray for things happening around you. In your family. Amongst your children. Amongst those at the same level with you. God can use you as you make phone calls. And as you also pray. To make differences in people's lives. To strike up a change. A reviving. That's the message God is bringing your way. Are you complaining because of where you are? Look at the situation. Paul and Silas at midnight jail became the point of contact for bringing the Philippian jailer and his family unto God. A brother in the prison jail, unwittingly, in a bad situation. That was the point God wanted them to use as a point man. To be instruments to people who will come back to start preaching. Tell the Lord I'm available. Say that prayer with all your heart. Say it with the whole of your being. Tell the Lord the year is coming to an end. And I want to be a harbinger of this revival. A turn around. People's lives getting lit up. That's what God set up this church for. He said he has set us up as a city on a hill. To give light to the Gentiles. And to everybody around. Wherever you are, you will shine his light. You will be his spokesman. His spokeswoman. His point of change where you are and he has given you the power lo I am with you all power in heaven and on earth has been given unto me go ye represent me plead on your behalf stand in the gap I am with you can you tell the Lord I'm available available to assess your power available to assess your grace available Lord turn me around I repent of my dormancy. I repent of my nonchalance. I repent of my aloofness. I repent of my being too busy. That's the point of revival. Where the spirit of God can use you. Invade your life. Invade the circumstances around you. And take over. And the rest will be history. For God's glory. Is somebody praying that prayer? And crying unto him. Hallelujah. Thine the glory 
of God told you clearly you came to church today this is the set day, the time to favor you. You haven't witnessed and known my saving grace. You do not have my power within you as my child. You have been playing church. That's why you cannot open your mouth to speak. That's why you are afraid all over. That's why you are hiding as it were from me. Who sees you and sees your condition? You don't have a witness up till now that you belong to God. And if the end were to come now, that you are going to heaven with the trump of the angels, this is the call upon you. That is your own turn of revival. God wants to make you a point man and a point woman to turn you around. To witness the glorious liberty of being a child of God. And to witness the release and the peace that he grants you. And you are here this morning. And the spirit says, open up your heart. This is the accepted time. This is the time of salvation. You have heard his voice. No longer postponed. No longer had in it. And you want to key into that. And say, Father, it's me. I surrender. I want that peace. I want the power of your presence. I want heaven to rejoice on my behalf. And I'm no longer willing and eager to go on this way. This is my desire. If that is what you desire, a turn in your life that Jesus brings real salvation and peace, forgiveness of sins, please raise your hand where you are. And raise it very well. You have delayed it for a while. You have postponed it for a while. This is a time of reckoning. I want to surrender my life to Christ and I want to experience his peace and his forgiveness and my name written in the book of life. Thank God as you raise that hand. Please raise it very well. There's really nothing to be ashamed of. It's just that you have been postponing the day and not realizing it. If you're raising your hand, please stand where you are. The Lord is looking out for you. The Lord has been waiting out for you and it's been long in coming. Just stand where you are. I want to surrender to Christ. I want to hand over my life to him. I no longer want to continue just like any other person. Away from God's presence, from his pleasure, from his love. Like a creature, I am not yet a people, a person, a child, a son, a daughter unto God. That's what you are studied in. And as you are standing, please take a bold step. A step of faith. Walk up here. Walk up here. Let's pray together with you. Corporate prayer. The presence of the Lord. And if there be any who is still sitting down again. Please this is your opportunity. You don't have the next moment to yourself. The air you breathe. The next day you will live or not. All depends on him. So give this time a chance. And walk up here. Let us pray together with you. Hallelujah. Find the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah, find the glory, revive me again. Hallelujah, find the glory. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Revive the glory. Revive me again. Thank God for you. Nobody forced you. The Spirit of God pulled you. Today is your day of deliverance. Today is your day of visitation. Today is your day of salvation. And take it not lightly. As you decide consciously, willingly, from the depth of your heart, Lord Jesus, I'm coming home. Take me up. Change my life. Change my story. Change my narrative. Make me a point man for your blessing. In this generation and the years to come, he will do just that. In the name of Jesus Christ. Repeat this prayer sincerely after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You love me. You died on the cross and shed your blood for my sake. For my sins, you were crucified. And for me, I'm here today, straight from your way. I am a sinner. I return to you. I sincerely, with all my heart, repent of my sin and of my past. And I surrender to you. Come into my life. Forgive me. Be my Lord and my Savior. And give me the power to be your child. And to live for you from today going forward. Take the glory in my life. In Jesus name. Amen. Lord, as many as receive you. To them you give the power to be your children. Who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. You make a change in the hearts and lives that no man, no chemistry can understand. But the effect is seen. The life is changed. Old things pass away. New things come. Peace returns. Peace and joy sprinkle the heart. And a boldness and a confidence and a witness put in there by your spirit as a deposit. That will belong to you. Emanates. Father, this is the portion of this for these ones we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. We ask you Lord that you write their names in the book of life. We ask O oh God Almighty that the old things will pass away. In accordance with your word and all things will become new. Turn around from the heart to the sin. To the outside. To where they are. In word. In conduct. In association. To the glory of your name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Take them on. Use them to your glory. Beyond the expectation, the man you are looking for today to be, turn around and also to turn around the lives and situations around them. In the name of Jesus Christ, fill them with your power and fill them with your spirit. And why the witness that they belong to you? And let your power lead them on the rest of the days of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray.